0: And welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, who covers the first place Miami Heat for the Miami Herald. Anthony, what's going on?
1: They're actually still in second place by percentage, by percentage points, point. David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe by the time you're listening to this. That's episode.
0: true, right? Yeah, we're recording this Tuesday uh, afternoon. Uh, they'll play Wednesday night before this gets posted. So maybe they'll be in second place. Maybe they'll be in first place. Who's to say? Uh, we're also joined this week by Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. Tim, what's up? Uh,
2: the Olympics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, we had My, to get you on before you uh, go into before, to bobsled. Yeah, world I don't know. If, I don't know if the VPN.
2: I don't know if the VPN over there will allow me to do pods <laughs> from from China. The the current update from here, I, I could, because I I also cover the first slash second place Miami Heat, is one of our spare bedrooms is. There's a stack of clothing to the ceiling in there right now of what I'm going to take to Beijing. And I'm not totally certain if I get all of it in the bag. I still don't think I'm going to be warming enough. So that's kind of where we're at today.
0: Yeah. Traveling huh. to winter climbs, as, you know, as, as all of us know, uh, Anthony, because he travels for the NBA, uh, which means a lot of traveling to cold cities in the winter, way harder than traveling to go to like the Bahamas or whatever. The, the coats and jackets take up a lot of space. And, like, I don't know what's going to be open over there.
2: Like, we'll be right. in, I'm going to use my least favorite word in the world, I'm going back to a bubble. Woo! Bubbles don't have malls. Like, there's no target in the bubble. So, it's like...
1: Will you be a bubble be, bubble correspondent again? I, I,
2: I will be a bubble happily. I will happily be a bubble correspondent. Yeah, we're we're, we're
0: debuting the sliding
2: minute next week. Harold <laughs> can put me on any podcast they want to give me a break from the world of Olympic sliding, please. I'll happily go talk about Dolphins. I'll talk about Marlins. I'll talk about voting. I'll talk about <laughs> ha- hashtag because Miami. I'll talk. I'll, I'll get on with Carlos Frias and discuss you know whether yuca is a fruit or a vegetable? I, I don't care. Whatever it takes, give me a break from these Olympics already.
1: Speaking of Carlos Frias, Carlos, like stop it with the pizza as a sandwich. It's not okay. But yeah, we can we can we can get Carlos on another episode. But that, I just have to get that in. It I keep like saying off season content. Pizza as a pizza as a sandwich. It's it's not Carlos. Okay.
0: I'm
2: glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I really, it was on
1: my chest. I had to.
2: It's really, it's really disappointing. And I think if he does it again, we're gonna take it as a sign that he's being held captive by somebody, and we're gonna, you know, we'll find a way to get him out because it's, it's not deep dish. However, could be loosely construed as a grilled cheese sandwich, but it is not a sandwich. We are way off. the Yeah, back already. It's more of a
0: casserole, I think, but definitely uh, a pie. Yeah. Look- yeah. Yeah, it could be a pie. Um, All right, let's talk about basketball. Uh, Heat last night with a really, really good win against the Raptors. No Kyle Lowry. uh, Missing out on a chance for a reunion with his old team. Uh, Bam Adebayo comes back and does some Bam things. Jimmy Butler, triple-double. As we said, kind of vaulted the Heat up into a tie with the Bulls for first place in the Eastern Conference, Uh, like Anthony said. Percentage points back because the Heat have played a couple more games than Chicago. Um, But... As Anthony and I, we haven't had Tim on in a while, but Anthony and I it feels like every week we came on here, were like the Heat just had to tread water when when Bam came out or when Bam was out, and they they did much more than that. Obviously, um, Anthony, I'll start with you. Just what what impressed you most about seeing the Heat back, not even at full strength last night, but pretty close to full strength. Bam and Jimmy reunited, um, and they get another good win. What impressed you most?
1: I mean, that they didn't need threes to win the game. Yeah, You know, it was was a weird game. I mean, Toronto has a good defense. They're very long. They're very athletic. They switch pretty much everything. They got Miami's offense kind of a little bit out of sorts there for a while. Um, It was not a pretty game, um, but he found a way to win. I think that's the bottom line. But the fact that they took, what, I think they were 9 of 24 on threes. They were averaging like 38 threes a game while Bam was out. And I think they were like 0 and 3 when they made 9 or fewer threes uh, while Bam was out. Um, It just shows that this team now is it's a sign that the team is close, close to full strength again when they really don't need to rely on that anymore. And that's a good thing for the Heat because it's like we've said, you know, A, shooting whatever they were shooting while Bam was, was was not playing was not sustainable. I mean, they were like the best team in the league as far as three-point shooting. And B, in the playoffs, this is the type of game that will win you, uh, you know, playoff series where you don't you don't need to rely on the outside shot um, to win four out of seven games. So I, I think that's... You know, it's not a huge surprise that that was the case, but it was interesting that in the first game Bam was back. They're already returning back to that formula, um, so that was kind of the, I think the, the biggest thing that stood out to me. Plus, just the fact that you know, Duncan's out of the Duncan's in the starting lineup again. Now that Bam is in there, um, Omir is not <laughs> didn't play after statistically being the best rebounder over the last month in the NBA um, and getting double doubles like by halftime. Um, so, yeah, this team is deep. I think we learned that over the past month. Um, and Spo's already having to make some really, really tough decisions.
0: Yeah, they blended those. We talked about it last week, but the, blend, the way they were going to blend the two identities they had, um, You know, the, the three-point shooting is a nice thing they can fall back on, um, obviously, when you can be a team that hits 23s on any given night. Like that's going to win you a playoff game um, right. at some point. Uh, but the fact that they were able to so seamlessly get back to what crazy. they do, do best is, is pretty astonishing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like a tale of two teams almost. Go ahead. Right,
2: me. yeah. It's tough to get outscored even by 12 from three-point line in yeah. today's NBA and win. I mean, that's it doesn't seem like much, but it is. I mean, that's, that's what it is now. And, you know, Toronto was – I mean, I think there was like a stretch of like 10 possessions where Toronto – took threes on eight of them. Like Fred Van Bleet's his first ten shots of the game. I'll try not to say last night too much because people weren't listening to this until the yeah. end of the week. But like his first ten shots were threes. Like Toronto was almost like trying to bait them into trying to play into trying to play horse and and the heat wouldn't do it. Um you know and I think but but to a point that I think Anthony just made, like the tough decisions that are coming for Spo like you could see the tough decisions being made in the Toronto game. And now we'll think about this part. Like there was no Kyle Lowry.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would think going to get get kind of Gabe Vincent drops out for the most part, but he was good. I mean, for the the most part, yeah. But like, you can't have.
2: Like, it's not going to be you know twenty four of Kyle and twenty four of Tyler because you know they they kind of want to give Tyler as much as much freedom as I think they can. Like, Mm. I, I I don't know what. Spoh's going gonna to earn it. Like, I mean, the Omer thing is fascinating to me. Like, fourteen, you know, 14 consecutive double-digit rebound games, and the streak lives on because he didn't play. Now, who knows what will happen <laughs> on Wednesday? But, like, his his streak of double-digit games might last, like, six months at this point if mean, he doesn't <laughs> get back in. So that's the one, to me, like, Dwayne Dedman has obviously shown his his role and his value. Um, I mean, you know, BAM is BAM. I mean, goes without saying. Um, the PJ Tucker, I mean, he, he's going to PJ Tucker's role will be his role. What happens if Keith comes back? Well, where does Mark Morse even fit yeah. if and when he comes back? then then Omer goes another rung down the depth chart. Spo is going to, Spo's going to earn it the the rest of the way here. And remember this, even though he ha- we're way ahead of ourselves, and he's gotten away from this a little bit as the years have gone by. But if Spo liked to play a nine man rotation during the regular season, spo used to be the guy who you wanted to play eight in the postseason. That's just not possible with this team. Like it no. and I and I don't think I don't think they would change it. But the nights of the, what was the game on I can't remember games anymore. The game on Saturday. Friday, um, one of the games last weekend, Friday, one of the games on Friday or Saturday, there was a time where they had five reserves on the floor. Oh, game.
1: It was the Atlanta went, game. Thank yeah. you.
2: Five reserves on the floor in the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't – I mean, there's been times where that's happened in the fourth quarter of a 30-point win or a 30-point loss. I don't really remember that in a second quarter
0: before. I feel like he's done it to, like, make a point before, right, like where you take all five starters out or whatever. But, yeah, like for a real –
2: I think it's been a minute since he's done that, though, too. Yeah,
0: but, like, for a real, like you're saying, real stretch of basketball to trust five guys – not to make a point against the other five guys, but because those five guys can all do positive things for you. Yeah, it's it's unusual. I say this too, like it's
2: really weird. Like you know, I, I asked Nick Nurse on Monday night, um, just trying to look ahead to the trade deadline, so I got to put work work ahead a little bit before I before I leave for China, and like it's very interesting. Like teams like Toronto that really haven't been whole very much. Like take Goran. I mean, Goran's obviously not going to play there against. Take Goran out of the mix you know mm-hmm. they were losing. they've lost starters to injury they their whole team got shut down for covid for a while a lot of other teams have had a very similar tale of woe where they've lost a ton of people at once the heat included so yeah. I think the heat are on the more fortunate side of the spectrum like the trade deadline's coming how can any team like really assess who they are and what they need because you don't really know what you have i mean because there's been so much you know you know the 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 revolving door of lineups. Teams don't really know what they have. Spo is in the totally opposite position. Spo almost has too much of everything and doesn't know what to do. So that's it's it's a really it's it's an interesting it's it's sort of unprecedented and it's super interesting. But a position of strength, I think, is what Spo would rather have than than not.
1: And, and that's not even including Victor. I mean, yeah, good point. What is- what are you gonna do with Victor? I, I, who's I mean, Caleb's not losing minutes? I know, like in the beginning of the season, we're like, oh, he's out of the rotation. He's a two-way guy. He just he's, he just provides depth in case of injury. Caleb is yeah, playing one, like entire once they fourth quarter now.
0: Right. Once they changed that yeah. rule, that was gonna let him play as much as you know, not have that fifty-game limit. It was all bets were off with him. He's yeah. he gonna be in there every day. I just
1: I, I, David and I have talked about this like for the past month, Tim. But I have to ask you. You know, you you cover the entire league. Is this the deepest team in the NBA? I mean, we entered the season saying depth was a weakness for this roster, roster, and now they honestly look like the deepest team in the league.
2: Remember, remember back in October we're saying they have eight, maybe nine guys. They can't rebound. They're going to have to make a million teams yeah. every game to win. Yep. Once again, we were spot on with all of it, just right. totally wrong on everything we thought we knew about this team. Um, I, I do think they're the deepest team. Um, I, I think you know Golden State has if if the, when they get it going again, and they will. I mean, they will. Um, they don't have this depth. They don't have this one to ten depth. They don't have.
0: Um, I think the Heat definitely has like the best thirteenth and fourteenth men in the league. Well, that's that's just it though, and, yeah. and
2: they have
0: like sorry, you don't.
2: What don't they have two or three of? Right. like They legitimately right. have right. two or three of everything. Um, Milwaukee could be close, assuming Brooke Lopez comes back, but I'll take your question and go a step further, Anthony. I think as currently constructed, this is before the trade deadline. Who knows what other teams will do. What, what team is out there that if everybody's healthy, both sides, let's be fair, who's going to beat this team and Four times in seven games. Like if everybody's healthy.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean I think you could
2: I, you could miss yeah. a bunch of shots and lose. But and some teams are definitely more skilled. But I think the combination of the skill and the tough that you need to get through a playoffs, like right now, I don't know if I take anybody over Miami if both sides are healthy in a seven-game series.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of parity in the league right now. Like yeah. there's no two clear-cut teams. You're like, okay, those two are the the front runners. Um, like, like the Cavs and the Warriors for so many years or the Heat and, you know, the Spurs, I guess, for, for that era. I mean, there's not – there really isn't that this year. Like there's probably a group of, what, six, seven, eight teams that you wouldn't be surprised if they make the finals at this yeah. point.
0: I mean, I, I think you can make a case that the Suns and the Warriors are, are still maybe a cut above everyone else. Um, but, yeah, certainly in the Eastern Conference, the East, like, it is totally, totally open. Yeah,
1: it's wide open. And, and, and
0: obviously you only have to play one of those West teams. Like, there's, in all likelihood, those two are going to play in the Western Conference Finals if the matchups break that way. Obviously Memphis is, is coming on also. But, yeah, you're going to have to go through one of them potentially.
2: But are they playoff ready? I mean, I think, right, yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah. right. It's Phoenix and Golden State are definitely – I mean, the standings say it's closer. And there is huge separation between four and five. Between Utah and whoever's, you know, I, yeah. I guess it'd be Dallas at this point.
1: So you're saying you've lost faith in the Lakers?
2: I'm I'm saying I will never count them out until I see LeBron walking off the floor <laughs> and taking <laughs> off the jersey and being prepared to throw the jersey somewhere when he's a free agent. Like I won't count them out. I. I you know, again, we've made reference a couple of times. We are taping this two days before people are going to hear it. Yeah, yeah, We do, We do not know what's going to happen with Frank Vogel as we sit here right. right now. But we all know that when leaks like this occur, a team is thinking about, you know, that when they're out of all other options, well, fire the coach. Like it is, If you think Frank Vogel is the reason why the Lakers are a 500 team that right now would be in the play in, Just stop. Just stop. It's not – they don't have – they have the horse, and they might get the second horse back if Anthony Davis, when he returns. They don't have enough horses. Phoenix has enough horses. Golden State has enough horses. Miami has enough horses. Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. Milwaukee. I, I love what Chicago's doing. I love the Cleveland story. I don't think they're ready for playoffs yet. I think we have seen separation from five teams Yeah. as far as teams that can win it. And right now, I don't put the Lakers in that category, obviously.
1: I, I have to say, I still think – and I, I've, I've been, like, big on the Nets since last year. Um, I still think when healthy and when whole, they're probably the best team in the East or the most uh, – best suited team in the East to make the finals. But – just with the uncertainty, obviously Kevin Durant's injured now, but with Kyrie and all that, I, I still think it's the Bucks and the Heat right now. Like I, I think, I think the Bucks are probably the biggest competition in the East uh, for the Heat, just because obviously they're talented, but their depth and you know Giannis and just the way they match up with Miami. I, I still think Milwaukee probably is um, the biggest competition, uh, the Heat's biggest competition in the conference, and and right now the Heat have a chance to really kind of take control of things um, to a certain extent with, um, with Zach Levine hurt, right, and now Kevin Durant hurt, um, and the Heat have so many home games coming up. Like, in a couple of weeks, it wouldn't be shocking if the Heat are, like, two or three games up in in, in the conference just because of the schedule and different injuries um, that teams are dealing with.
2: Mm, or not. You're forgetting one very important thing. What? Does Spo want to coach the All-Star game?
1: Well, that's a good point. I was thinking about that last night, actually.
0: I could see him giving, like, All right, Billy, really, Burr. great great honor for this this season you're having. Let's uh, let you up in first place at the All-Star game. I could see, see Spo being like, you know, I've had him
2: here for 19 years. I really haven't given Udonis a
0: fair look
2: at this. <laughs> let's put Udonis at the point for a couple games <laughs> and see what happens.
1: Do I want to spend my one free weekend of the season in Cleveland or in Hawaii? Hmm. Let's see. Yeah a tough question.
0: But yeah, I, I think clearly, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think we were all of the belief that it was Heat, Nets, Bucks in uh, the East. And I mean, I still kind of feel the same way. Like you said, like the Bulls obviously have been an incredible story. The Cavs have been an incredible story. You know, could if the matchups break the right way, could they make it to the East finals? Sure. But I think in all likelihood, you're going to see probably one of the Heat the Bucks or the Nets. You know, I, I, everyone's like kind of right. It feels like it's been writing off the Nets because they've lost like what? Like 7 out of 10 or something like that, but they're still like 27 and 16, like they're you know, they're they're still their body of work plus like as Anthony said like last, you know, last year they were clearly the best team I think in the NBA before uh, they all their injuries happened in the playoffs like I think it, it's still clearly a three-team race and the but the Heat have certainly, I think, gone from being the team that was kind of the, I think most people would have said, the clear third, the upstart trying to crack that group, uh, to now, you know, at least on par with those two. Totally agree. Totally agree. ESPN
1: yeah. recently called the Heat a dangerous loomer. They, they, I saw they, that. Uh, Is that where
0: that came from?
1: Yeah, so they broke teams into tears.
0: It is funny. I feel like the the perception in Miami versus the national perception of this Heat team is still a little off. Um, You know, like you look at the power rankings every week, the Heat, I think right now they're like seven or eight on ESPN. Like like for the most part, it still feels like for whatever reason, they are not – like you said, they're – the dangerous loomer rather than the legit contender that that I think like probably the nets and the bucks were in that first in that other group, but um you know all the numbers all the production all the just the the consistency, no matter who is in and out of the lineup suggests that this team is as good as anyone so
2: they're so Kendrick Perkins can say them date county goons a couple of years ago, and then now they' are loomers. why don't we just call them dangerous gooners at this point I mean, is could that be a thing I, I think, <laughs> I like that. You should start it. I, I should. I, I should get T-shirts made immediately with, with that. I don't. You know what's funny is that, like, I did a column. I do this, you know, this biweekly column from you know around, and I had. Let me be perfectly honest. I didn't have a whole ton of great ideas, and I was in the middle of our and You know, we we're doing this NBA 75th anniversary project. It's mm-hmm. been a year-long thing. There's a lot of things going on. And so I kind of took the low-hanging fruit way out of an assignment and said, I'm just going to do mid-season awards because it's mid-season. I'm just going to yeah. do mid-season awards. And, like, I had – I think I had KD for MVP, you know, a way to go out on that limb. Um, although there's, like, eight guys that win the award. Like, that's that's going to be a phenomenal race. Like, the only one I said is, like, that's a landslide is Tyler. And that was the only one I got complaints, like, complaint emails about, like, you're such a homer, you're so this, you're so that. I really think there's something to the – Like, Kane's fans always amuse me in that (laughs) – and by amuse, I mean positively frighten me because they're not well people, a lot of them. But but they're always like, you know, the national media and the national media and the national media. I'm starting to think they got a case. Like, I'm starting to think they're kind of right on on some of this stuff. Like, I don't think Tyler is nationally looked at as the sixth man of the year. Like, it, it should be the easiest vote of all time.
1: Oh, it's clear. Unless he gets hurt, the award is his.
2: Like Eric Spolster should be coach of the year. Always in the conversation. He won't be top three because there's this there's this notion he could only he only has wins because he had LeBron. You know LeBron left like like nine years ago. Like they they've won a few games since then. Like I'm starting to really think that there is some sort of not a bias. Like I don't think it's a bias. I just don't know if people really. I think that you know the whole. Like the isola shtick of, you know, how culture is a fraud and he's, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's a punchline for everybody else. It really seems to kind of be working here. I mean, I mean, Oklahoma City has like Lou Dort and that's, I mean, what else do they have? Not a ton. They let Omar Yurtsevin walk out the door. Miami takes him and they create this guy. Like the culture thing might be real, is what I'm saying. And, and not enough people in the league. I think grab that. One more note on the Nets, I wanted to make too. Go back and look at the Olympic team. Kevin Durant played in the Olympic team, now hurt. Bam played, got, was hurt. Devin Booker was dealing with a leg. Dame's hurt. Draymond's hurt. Zach Levine's hurt. I kind of, there's a couple other guys who played in that team that, and not, not even talking about COVID stuff, guys. I'm talking about injuries. Like, I'm almost wondering, like, if a couple months off, it's not going to help Brooklyn in the standings, it's going to help Kevin Durant at money time. Like, Brooklyn doesn't care if they're the 7 seed or the one seed. Just get up, get them in. They don't care where game one of a series is. I think six weeks off is really going to help Kevin Durant because he really hasn't had a break in a couple of years. I think that's something to think about. And I think it's going to be something to think about with Bam, too. I think Bam's ceiling actually goes up by taking six weeks
0: off to rehab a thumb, but we also forget he had a knee problem when he got yep. Right, and yeah. yeah, yeah. He now the knee's to good, see, too. And, yeah, there's just that general fatigue has kind of –
2: Only on Hulu. All
0: right, we kind of glossed over it. Um, We don't want to talk too much specifically about uh, the game last night because it'll be pretty old by then. But obviously, it was Bam's first game back and a Jimmy Butler triple double. Um, Let's start with Bam um, because, like I said, we kind of glossed over him uh, and we were just talking about him before we went to break here. Anthony, what do you think of his performance last night? What did he show you to to give you confidence that he is uh he's fully back?
1: I mean, it wasn't his best game, obviously. Yeah. Um What did he shoot? Four of twelve from the Four field. 12. So does you know, inefficient. You could tell he was a little jittery, a little rusty, which is expected. He was off for seven weeks pretty much. Um one of six on non rim paint shots. But You could tell, like, just the positive impact he makes just by being out there. His passing, he found Duncan for a few threes uh, in the game. Um, His switchability that he was playing, again, playing there. Just switch pretty much everything defense because he was there, you know, anchoring the defense. Um, So he just makes them, said this after the game, and it's it's kind of my biggest takeaway from just his first game back. He just makes them different on both ends. Mm -hmm. He's so unique, so dynamic, so versatile that he just makes them a different team when he's in there. Um, You know, we see the switching on defense, obviously, like I just mentioned, but his ability to to run offense, you know, the ability to run offense through him, the high post, um, that's a big part of what this team does, and and they're able to do that again uh, with him there, and just his, you know, rolling to the rim and his rebounding, obviously, I mean, and Deadman did some of that, but Bam is just so athletic um, that he, he provides, you know, even more in that area, so he, he, You could just tell kind of how different this team is with him in there, even on, you know, for most games, would be classified as an off night for him, 4 of 12. Yeah. You, know, you don't see many of those type of games uh, from Bam.
0: Yeah, Duncan Robinson, uh, obviously we've talked about a lot, has got kind of gotten going over the last two months, considering how rough his first two months of the season were. And uh, obviously, doing that without Bam, who, as you meant, hinted at, Anthony, is such a huge part of. Duncan's success, I think. Uh, Obviously, you you saw some of that last night.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons um, Duncan was back in the starting lineup, um, because just because of the chemistry those two have. And I still think, yes, Max has, I mean, just statistically, I think it's pretty obvious, Max has played better than Duncan this season, right? He's been mm a better shooter. He's probably a better defender. He can do more things off the dribble. Um, But just, I think Duncan's game just kind of goes so well and compliments Bam and Jimmy so well. We've seen it for the past three years um, that I think he belongs in the starting group with him. I think Max is better coming off the bench as a spark. And, you know, we talk about starting, uh, Tim, I know you're big on this. Like, it's more about the minutes and who plays late in the game than who starts. And against Toronto, it was Max playing, I think, 11 minutes in the fourth quarter. Duncan didn't get in the fourth quarter. So, yes, Duncan hit a few threes. He started, played 17 minutes. But Max was a guy that they were leaning on late in the game. So just because Max is not starting anymore doesn't mean that you know he's not going to play more minutes than Duncan, and we saw that too. You know, in that in that Raptors win.
2: There's there's two words that I, I cannot wait to stop having to use. One is protocols, and the other is starter. I, I just I'm over it. like I'm so over it. I'm glad you were, you are seeing you have seen the light. You have very
0: much seen the light on.
1: I And I agree with you. It's just, it, it is, It. I guess okay. that what I would say is it's a starting point for the rotation, right? So it's, like, so it's
0: about getting your best yeah. lineups together.
2: Okay. People forget like three years ago, Luke Kennard started for this team. Luke because
0: Babbitt.
2: Spoh- Luke Babbitt, I'm sorry. Luke Kennard Luke started. People really forgot.
1: I Luke, Babbitt Babbitt.
2: Started- <laughs> Luke Babbitt started three years ago for this team because Spo wanted to start the game in the spacer. And like, there was a number of games where he would play – I almost said Luke Kennard again. Oh, my gosh. There was a number of games where Luke Babbitt – apologies to the Babbitt family for screwing that up. Um, he'd play like, the first six minutes, but would sub him out, and he wouldn't play again. Like yeah. That'd be it. F- F- Fab Mello style. The- we, as Luke, <laughs> we call it
1: now the, Luke, the Luke Babbitt rule. I we mean, call I,
2: it – well, it's now the Luke Kennard Babbitt rule. But it is – I almost said it last night again. The, 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 fun. the two biggest shots of the game. Against Toronto, I thought. Obviously, PJ's three with 20 seconds left to sort of seal it. That corner three, Mr. from Mister 47, Mister 47.4, yes sir. Um, Max Truce's th- corner three from the other side a couple minutes earlier. That was a big, big, big shot. Max doesn't start last night. Max only has six points. Max only has five rebounds. I think he only took seven shots. Was it eight? I can't remember. He was yeah. either either two for five or two for six from three and two for six as he was two for eight uh, overall. And yet he's on the floor at winning time. So like, instead of saying that there are five starters, why can't there be like, eight? Like Tyler Hero is a starter for this team. Um, I don't know if David knows this or not, but Anthony and I had beef during the game about, about Tyler Hero. We have a strong difference of opinion on Tyler Hero. Not getting into it unless you want to Anthony. That's a tease for a later show. But, like, Kaelin Martin played really important minutes. Tyler Hero always plays really important minutes. Max Struz plays really important minutes. You know, Duncan played 18 minutes and started. Max Struz played 29 minutes and didn't. Pretty much one of them on the floor for each other kind of the whole time. It's just more proof how little the whole starter thing matters. Spo wins games in the last six minutes of games. Spo doesn't win a game in the first six minutes. No coach does. Spo yeah. will outcoach you at the end. Spo will outcoach you out of timeouts and that sort of thing. Spo's not going to outcoach. Spo's not going to win a game whether you're down 15 to nine or up 17 to 11 at the first media timeout. Like it's just not. It just doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah. When, when I want to know who Spo trusts the most, I'm not looking at who's starting. Yeah. I, I usually 100%, 100%. look at who plays the most minutes in the fourth quarter, and sometimes that changes, but usually there's a pattern there, and you're seeing it with Caleb right now a lot. <laughs> You're seeing it with Max a lot. And then obviously, you know, PJ, Bam, Jimmy, uh, and Kyle. I mean, those have kind of been the six right now that have, that have really gotten in the Georgia fourth quarter I minutes mean, when they're available, you know. Um, and, again, I mean, some nights Duncan might be in there if he's hot. Or, and Tyler, sorry, I, forgot, I think I forgot about Tyler. But, yeah, there's like six or seven guys that Spoken turned to in the fourth quarter, um, and he has turned to consistently, you know, during this month. Um, but there's going to be more options now <laughs> coming with Bam back. And, you know, if like you said, if Marquise comes back and if Victor ever comes back, I, I still, th- you know, not to change the topic, but I still think Victor can be really helpful for this team. Like, I don't know whose minutes he takes, so I can't answer that question, but he is a two-way player. And, yes, you know, he's, he can score. You know, we've seen it. He's We've seen him do it over his career, but he's a really, really good defender. And in the playoffs, you need as many two-way players as possible. I think that's why Caleb is playing a lot right now. But Victor is... You know, has proven he's another caliber of player than even Caleb. Um, so I, I still think he'd be really helpful to him, especially in a, like a series against Brooklyn where you need as many perimeter different defenders as you can get. So, um, I, I, I just, I, I'm really interested to see how that all works out. Um, because I do think he's going to come back. Um, I, I, don't, I do think he's going to play, uh, but at the expense of who.
0: Should Spoh be going a 2015 Kentucky-style platoon system with these guys? It's like he's got – we're talking about how you fit ten guys into a rotation. Uh, you could just split them up five in, five out all the time.
1: I, I could also see, like, Spo in a playoff series barely playing a second center. Like, just PJ as the backup center.
0: Right, maybe Marquise. Like, we'll see what Marquise is yeah. doing at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and but, I'm looking, but I'm looking I'm trying up. to put this puzzle together of where these guys get minutes. You know, you see, I guess Deadman is like is the guy who maybe is, is situational. She said maybe Victor takes some of Caleb Martin's minutes, like I said. I, I think Kyle Lowry basically just kind of swaps in and grabs Gabe Vincent's minutes. Um You once. need Max's
1: shooting though. You can't think Max like you need to shoot. No, Max back.
0: Max obviously, like I think has to stay in the rotation. I think you know, and like you said, it's hard to take Caleb Martin out of the rotation, but there is some redundancy with with Victor Oladipo. It's kind of crazy. Like we thought Victor Oladipo was this major, major X factor, and I think he still is. Like, yeah, like I you think said, he still he's take you to an, another level. But like, I was for for the first two months of the season, basically, I was like, if Victor Oladipo is healthy, he's going to be one of your, he's going to play. 15 minutes a night in the playoffs. And, like, now it, it wouldn't be crazy to me if he's just, like, is not a factor really come playoff time because of what – you know, because I thought for sure Victor Oladipo, at whatever percentage he was going to be, was going to be better than Caleb Martin. And the way that Caleb Martin is playing, I'm not sure if if Victor Oladipo at 70% or whatever he could potentially be is actually better than Caleb Martin.
1: Yeah. It's, it's honestly – it's amazing that they got Caleb Martin on a two-way contract. I know, I know. I know. So, it's just That's incredible. the one.
0: So, like, Tim, you mentioned that the, the Thunders like let Yurt's, Yurt go. Um, you know, Kyle Guy, obviously, who they signed to a two-way contract this week. Um, another guy who just, like, kind of surprised that he was available. And, Max and, just, With all these guys. Yeah. Max Struce, like, another one, like, kind of an under-the-radar guy. The, the Caleb Martin one is the most, like, what was the rest of the NBA doing? Like, he was... Pretty good last year for Charlotte and no one thought he could be a regular NBA player that the Heat were able to get him on a two way contract. It's kind of crazy. Like that's that the one that, that above all the other above all their other finds is just like the one that's like, what is the rest of the league doing? And not just the find, but like what they've done with him since they got him. Right. But yeah.
2: I go back to Max. I've told the story before. They only played two preseason games last season. Right. And they you know, Max got really good run in in one of them. And I'm sitting to my I'm sitting there watching the game and we're all spaced out 800 feet apart at that time in an empty arena, you know, at the peak of covid days.
1: I remember this by the way. I know you And right.
2: I'm, and I'm saying to myself, but it's really nice that Spo gave this guy these yeah. minutes before they send him back to before they send him to Sioux Falls or wherever he's going to end up. Like that's awesome. How cool I think is it was po? like one for
1: nine in that game too. Like he he did not shoot the ball well, but he was he putting them up.
2: He was just he was just jack three. <laughs> and Like, it's this guy, but he's wearing black kicks. He looks slow. Like, how awesome is it? Good job, Spoh. Way to go, man. You only got two preseason games. Let this guy say he played in the game. Give him a jersey. Let him go on his way. How awesome is that? Makes the team. (laughs) Well, that's cool. And now look at him. It's like there have been nights where you say to yourself, where would you have been without Max Drews? Where would you have been without Caleb Martin? You know, I was talking to another player. I won't say who it was, but he's often referenced in in my in my Twitter, he does not play for the Heat, a player I speak to routinely in this league. And the other night, after the Hawks were leaving here, not to give away who he plays for, <laughs> after the Hawks are leaving Miami, they're like, he's like, how is Caleb Martin not a two way? I was like, that is the question. That is the question. How is that? How is a guy making $700,000 this year turning into this story? I, I, like what you're saying about like 2015 Kentucky is like it's hilarious because Spo wouldn't do it, but like what if like I know he would you're gonna have picture this lineup at the end of a playoff game? Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, PJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, and then like giving spot minutes somewhere along the way, down. This, just on about down the stretch. Caleb Martin, Victor Oladipo, Max Struz. Who's going to score on this team?
1: Yeah, it's kind of yeah. ridiculous. Especially the, those four, that you, those core four you said, and then Victor as the fifth. Again, we don't know what Victor's going to be, but if he's just like a plus defender... That group can switch every single thing. Like, PJ, Bam, Jimmy, Kyle, and Victor. My lord.
2: Like- spoke, can, spoke and encourage guys to just blow out the tank on defense now. We'll give you a couple minutes. We're going to put Victor Oladipo in for you and then let you get your win and then come right back? Like, it's going to be... Like, I know people, you know, threes are sexy and dunks are great and everyone loves points and all that. As constructed right now, I don't know who scores on this team at the end of games. When, when they all – especially that yeah. comes back and all that. Like, Caleb Martin, his reach – I mean, I'm sure there's a measure somewhere out there of it. it. I think his reach is like 10 and a half feet. I think his win is like 10 and a half feet. Tim, it's, Tim it's, it's I need- I need
1: to bring in this conversation because we, I think it was last week, and I made this comparison. Uh, David, you remember this. Caleb um, Martin, the way he dunks his like just <laughs> his <laughs> his leaping ability, his signature dunks, like his go-to, you know, for in-game dunks. Doesn't he remind you a little bit of LeBron? Yeah. I mean, it I'm kind of, of like – the way he gets up and the way he cocks the ball back, the, the,
2: the body type, the strength, like yes. the, the, the way he is built. Yes, like he has that same shape. You just got me thinking of something. Since the since the dunk contest truly doesn't matter anymore. Send like Caleb Martin to the dunk contest.
1: I asked him this, by the way. Did you? I asked him on the road. He was in Atlanta. Was no, I didn't write it. Yet. I haven't written it. Yet. I don't know if I will because he he kind of you know he was like ah, I never even thought about that. He's like he said he's never thought about being in dunk contest and he's not a good trick dunker.
0: Doesn't have to be.
1: But I told him you What's jump the, really
0: this? high and you. Plus, if have you have your jump twin jump. brother throw you an alley oop, that's like some of that flash points you're looking for. He said he's never been in a dunk contest, which is hard to believe,
2: but he's um, just a. There's, a, I mean, obviously everyone who's in this league is a freak, but he's a freak among freaks. Like, don't, the, is there a measure for how quickly a guy can get up? Like, he, everyone's got a vertical in the league. Um, his vertical, I would think, is better than most, but it just seems like he gets up there faster yeah. than most do.
1: I think up. that's what it is. I think that's what kind of reminds me of LeBron. I think it's just the way he, how quick he gets up. From one, you know, he doesn't really need a head start, he could just like standing jump like yeah. to the rim. It's just it's really impressive. I, I didn't I, I mean I knew Kayla Martin was obviously before the season, but I didn't know he was this athletic.
2: The Heat are gonna have like four guys making twenty five million next year and four guys make and like the and the rest of the roster is gonna be making two million. And it's somehow gonna work.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Like that was exactly the, the only way this was gonna work was if they did that, basically, and it has worked out perfectly. <laughs> It's worked out
2: perfectly, and so many of these guys are under their control for next year. It's, yeah,
0: it's, exactly. It it's um, Tim, you—I mean—that conversation about the defensive potential this team has, I hadn't thought of it because I was trying to think of like you know championship parallels for this team. They're, they're kind of Detroit, two thousand four Detroit Pistons, eh? Um, with a lot more offensive potential. Right. Obviously, well, team. every like yes. obviously no one will ever win a championship again scoring seventy two points or whatever they did in one of those finals games. Like, but the way that they're just, like, they have stars and that Pistons team had stars too. But, you know, this would be, there's not a whole lot of templates to win without a LeBron or a Tim Duncan or a a Steph. And that the Pistons are the the one other team that I think – you know, is Bam a little bit like uh Ben Wallace with more offense? Kind of. Is is Kyle Lowry your your big shot uh big shot at A little bit. Um is Jimmy like a supercharged version of Tayshawn Prince? Kind of. Like it, it weirdly I think that that might be the template for this team. Obviously like the league is entirely different, so it's not can't be even close to a one for one. But I, I think that's you know, the offense is obviously Good enough to win with offense on any given night, maybe, but you can't. Probably you probably can't go shot for shot against the Nets. But well, the defensive potential of this team is is on
2: another level. So things always evolve, but they always like come like it's like fashion, right? Like fashion evolves, yeah. drip, if you will, for Tyler Hero. But it's it's things always come back. Like Cleveland is bringing back the idea of we're gonna put five seven footers on the floor and just say beat us, be, be my guest, go yeah. Ahead. Like, they're going to do that. Um, Miami has a chance to, like, go old school defense. And, hello, who put this team together? Like, the guy who championed old school defense and Riles, even though, like, look at Riles. I mean, he, was, he goes from showtime to hardest working, best conditioned, toughest, meanest, nastiest team in the NBA. Like, he doesn't want showtime. Pat wants blood. Pat wants mean. Pat wants nasty. Pat wants ferocious. Pat wants people, you know, smashing into fans that are three rows deep in the stands and sending their beer flying 800 feet in the air like we saw last night. Like, that's what Pat wants. This team can be different than a lot of teams you've seen go deep. Like you said, it, it, there are parallels. There are loose parallels. Sure, there are, they're all loose parallels, but there's parallels to that Pistons team. They had to win with defense. This team doesn't necessarily have to. But I think this team can crank it up. It's their superpower to a, to a defensive level. That it, it, it's the thing that they can't have that no one else will. The Lakers have LeBron. He can do things that still nobody on the planet can in year nineteen. I get that. Except if the war, Except <laughs> The Warriors can shoot from anywhere, and that yep. will be. I mean, if a team gets miracle hot for four games, that that'll be that. Because um, threes will. I mean. What is it? Paper covers rock. I guess three uh, crazy threes cover elite defense. But Miami can crank it up to a level that no team in the league has shown ability, has even shown hints that they can get up to. And that's before you see this team with Victor Oladipo, which again, you're talking about. It goes back to like, what do teams need? What does Miami need? Like Miami needs another defender. Victor Oladipo's coming, and and I think Anthony's right. I think he is coming back. Um, We don't know about Keith. That's yet another guy. So if you have a guy in foul trouble or a guy goes down, or we are still in a pandemic, if a guy gets COVID, Mm -hmm. you can literally plug and play, and not a lot of teams have that luxury because not a lot of teams have two or three guys to do everything. Andy Ellisberg has always taken the approach of he wants three of everything on a team it's incredibly important this year because a lot of teams don't have two of everything, much less right. three. Should a guy go down, should something happen, you can plug and play.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the most unique thing about this team is that it, it could win in like a lot of different right. ways. And we've I seen mean, it over that's the That's
0: the story of the season. Yeah. Is that they've been able to win with two basically entirely different teams.
1: Right. And I think in the playoffs, it will be about the defense because that's kind of the, you know, that's what wins you playoff games, as, as the cliche goes. It won't be, you know, and there might be some games where they hit 23s and that wins them. But I think more consistently it will be about just how good defensively they can be. Um, but we've seen them win behind, like we said, the best be, be the best three-point shooting team in the league for a month and win games that way. And when they're healthy, they can be the best defensive team in the league and win games that way. So it's just really impressive that they can do that. But I also think – the challenge is now, like we've talked about here for the past few weeks, is kind of meshing those two styles together um, over the next few months for the playoffs and finding – kind of fine-tuning the formula where you could use both strengths to your advantage. And, and it's not just you – know, you're not just one team versus, versus the other team.
0: Wouldn't Rashid Wallace have been perfect on the Heat too?
1: He's like PJ, I guess.
0: You guys are far too young to remember this, but –
2: when the Pistons would come here at the at the height of Pistons' heat heyday, Sheed was never known for particularly paying attention in timeouts. Like, she just didn't care what Flip or Larry Brown, whoever was coaching the Pistons at the time, was saying. So Flip would – not Flip, I'm sorry. So Sheed, especially – because when the Pistons were here, it was always like a Thursday night game on TNT or obviously a playoff right, yeah. or something like that. For big games, the Heat used to bring out the Golden Oldies you know, the senior citizen dance troupe to come out and they would just, I mean, the house would come down like nothing. All respect to uptown Dale. um, Nothing has captivated heat fans the way the golden oldies have. She would leave the Pistons huddle, sit at the edge of the scorers table and go crazy for the golden oldies. Like, he wasn't mocking them. Like, he was loving it. He would laugh until he basically would start to cry. He'd be trying to dance. He'd be trying to be – he want. He loved the Golden Oldies, I think, more than any player in the history of this league. And it was always hilarious to watch his reaction. Like, he wanted no part of timeouts, didn't care what was being said, didn't care what the plan was. He was here to see the Golden Oldies, which I always thought was amazing.
0: Well, Rashid is forty seven years old now, so uh he's in, like, his way. Tw- in like twenty years or so he can, he can be a member if
2: he wants. We need to get first of all, bring the golden oldies back. I mean that's <laughs> that's number one. I mean, bring back the golden oldies, but also that would be it'd be the greatest the greatest thing of all time if you got he'd do it. Like, he would there's no doubt in my mind, if you if somebody goes and asks Rashid Wallace, wherever he, he's coaching somewhere now, isn't he? You know.
0: David, where's he coaching? Uh, yeah, he's in, in Memphis. That's it. Thank Penny, you. yeah.
2: What am I saying? Of course he is. You get, you, you, you go to a Memphis game and be, ask the SID, can we get Sheed for one second? I got one question to ask him. Sheed, would you want to be a Heat Golden Oldie? I guarantee you it would be like bleep, yes, guaranteed.
0: Do you know Rasheed Wallace uh, coached in high school? Like he was a he- high school head coach before he got hired at Memphis. Could you imagine playing for Rasheed Wallace as like a 14-year-old kid?
1: Maybe. Yeah, I actually, I actually think while he was a high school coach, and you you might remember this, Tim, he was like working out Bam too early as, like right when he got drafted by the Heat. He was like Bam's go-to guy back home in North Carolina. Because um, I think he, where did he coach high school?
2: Say
0: in, in uh, Durham.
1: Yeah, so that makes there sense. You go. Yeah, what he was like sense? helping Bam out coaching high school. That's kind of crazy. Playing for and, uh, playing for Rashid in high school.
0: You
2: know, as we're sitting here talking about it, I think there's some sort of, not maybe not a relationship, but there's some sort of like friendship or at least like an mutual admiration from afar that she and Pat have too. So, so maybe maybe there is something to this.
0: There we go. All right, Uh, we've gotten way off the rails. I think we can finish (laughs) up there. Uh, Tim, thanks as always for coming on. Uh, You can follow Tim on Twitter at by Tim Reynolds. uh, We're not we're
2: not we're not getting into my beef with Anthony.
0: Do we want to get into the beef? we got a couple of minutes left. What was the beef? I'm I'm unaware of what the beef was.
2: I'm so torturing him right now. No, we could, I mean. No, we are not. It's it's a tease for another day. Let's just say we have a difference of opinion on best current Heat players ranked. We have a slight difference of opinion on that. Maybe like all star break, we can like rank every. There we three. go. That's what we'll do. From we'll, well, I'll be bubble correspondent, and we'll talk about Anthony and I no longer no longer speaking to each other because we have beef. Well,
1: before we end, I, we could get into our opinion on <laughs> the episode, Tim. But I want to know
0: David's opinion. Where would you? Why you Tyler? can't put
2: David on the spot and not tell him what we're up to?
0: You can't do that to David. Where would I put Tyler <laughs> Hero on the heat? Like individual did, player rankings?
2: No, no, do not do this. We're going to save this. <laughs> we should do a Panthers minute before we do anything Fifth, else. Fifth, probably.
1: What? Oh, whoa. Whoa.
2: <laughs> double beef. I'm now double beefing with people at the Hell. He he Towards hang
1: hang uh, um,
0: the I like PJ. Right I think PJ is very valuable. Ah. <sighs>
2: And yeah, I did not. If he was,
0: if he was one of the Heat's three or four best players, he would be a starter because that's what matters. I think, Tim, I think Tim left.
2: I think so. I I'm, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures of the Panthers dog sledding in Banff yesterday.
0: All right, Panthers <laughs> it, it, minute. It, it, you missed you missed our up. Kodak you missed our Kodak Black Panthers minute last week. Thank
2: God, I want to stay employed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, they're very good. They play Calgary tonight.
1: Who's probably. better? Who's better, guys? Relative to in their, you know, to their league, obviously, the Heat or the Panthers?
0: Uh, the Panthers, but I trust the Heat more come playoff time, just because the track record. Yeah. Okay. Panthers got to win. You know, they haven't won a playoff series since '96 or whatever. Like that, they, they, you know, I'm they're not. the yeah. they're the best team in the league right now. But like, you know. When push comes to shove, are you going to bet against the Lightning or, you know, Mm -hmm. they had a lot of trouble with the Hurricanes last year. Um, The Avalanche seemed to be the greatest offensive hockey team of all time, which is crazy because the Panthers are the second greatest offensive hockey team of all time, basically, since they made the Nets smaller. The best best team
2: hardly ever wins in hockey. In fact, the best team usually doesn't get out of round one because they because run into Sergei Bobrovsky. Running, they run into Columbus Blue Jackets Sergey Sergei, Sergei Bobrovsky. I'm I'm not worried about the heat goaltending costing them a game I am worried about Panther goaltending potentially costing them a game um so there's that um you know Bruno's been saying it you know for a couple of weeks now as they keep scoring nine goals in every game like it's not going to last forever this is not going to last forever but what's crazy is that like they're doing this and like you know like 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 Barky like, isn't usually part of, like, I usually, Barkey isn't going, like, they, don't, they don't have one guy going crazy for these barrages. Like, it's the entire offense yeah. right now. I mean, they, they pass the puck like, like, like another team isn't out there. They pass the puck like they're invisible. Like, they're, they're on a string. It's crazy to watch. Um, but like David said, I don't care that they haven't won a playoff series since 96. I think the problem is that's what they're going to start hearing from about March right.
0: on. It's going to be like, well, yeah, President's trophy, sure, nobody cares. Yeah, well, it's more just I know – like, I know the lightning turned it up in the playoffs. You know, it's like I I know that these other teams – these other teams have shown it. It's not that the Panthers can't do it. I'm I'm more worried about what the other teams can do and have proven they can do. It makes no sense,
2: but what you said is right. Like, I think the Panthers right now are the absolute best team in the NHL. I do not think the Heat are the absolute best team in the NBA. But I, right now, if I could choose one of the two, who would I bet on to win a championship if I pick the Heat? Um, it that doesn't make no sense. It, it, it <laughs> makes no sense. The Hockey is weird. Hockey is yeah. weird. But remember, Bill Zito has money to play with. This team yeah. is going to get better. Yeah. That's why I – mean, I mean, guys, it's going to be – Dave and I were talking about this at the last Panther game. Like – there's no days off. Well, maybe for you, Anthony, because you just cover one team, whereas David and I cover everything. Yes, because yes, you, know, you're, you know you're you're special. Um, there's going to be very few days off around here in April, May, and June. And I guarantee you, this will be the year that the yeah. Marlins start like 41 and six. Yeah, and the, and, and the, the, the Hurricanes
0: will be in the Final Four at yeah, the start yeah. of the month. Mar-
2: hurricanes will be in. Hurricanes will go. <laughs> Coach L will take them deep in the tournament. Then Gino's going to have them go into Omaha. They're going to hire Bill Belichick as off. Mario's going to hire Bill Belichick as offensive coordinator. Um, the Marlins are going to promote Derek Jeter to co-manager and start undefeated. Um, it's the Dolphins be- are
1: bringing back Nick Saban too.
2: V- Vic- Victor Victor Mesa and his yet to be heard from brother Victor 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 Mesa are going to be like leading the league in every category. Jordan's going to have exit Velo trending. Like it's just going to be an insane April May and June around here, and I can't wait. And the Dolphins will still be screwing up. Also, and then we have a Formula One race smack in the middle oh, of Oh, yeah, I because, forgot about that. Because, because,
0: like, we really needed one more freaking thing to
2: cover yeah. around here.
0: All right, uh, now we can actually wrap things up. Yes. Uh, you can follow Tim on Twitter, at ByTimReynolds. You can follow him for all your NBA needs and all your Olympic sliding needs. Uh, you know, you're you're a, you're a year-round sliding aficionado. That is a one of the more – I'm not the biggest Winter Olympics guy. I think, I'm, like a lot of people – for, for the summer but uh the bobsled the luge all that that that's that's definitely one of the most fun uh olympic winter olympic events in my opinion so i, I will be I, uh, i'll be following you closely from china
2: i appreciate that and uh we'll have uh, the sliding minute on uh yeah for
0: that. sure uh you can follow anthony on twitter at anthony underscore chang uh he writes about the heat a lot every day usually so you can follow that's him brilliant. there Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. I write about the Heat sometimes. I write about the Panthers a lot. This time of year, that's kind of the main focus. Uh, Recruiting stuff, Miami football, I'm everywhere. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening, though, and we will talk to you guys next week.